Welcome to the South Coast Christian Podcast. I'm Pastor Tom Westerfield. On behalf of myself and our entire staff, we want to thank you for listening, and we hope this message uplifts and encourages you this week. Pastor Brett Westerfield, come on up and share. It's always like the awkward walk up after you get introduced, so I, I did my best. But uh, yeah, how's it going? Are we doing good? Um, I haven't preached in a while uh, up here, so I'm a little bit nervous. But um, I, got, I, got, I got to tell you, I'm excited about this word today. I spent a lot of time um, studying what I was going to share with you today. And so hopefully, if, if you would uh, have an open heart and open mind, I think God can do something in our lives. Amen? Um, if you, I kind of got an intro, but yeah, so I'm, I'm the pastor's kid here. Uh, just, I, the only reason I say the is because I have siblings, but they're not here. So I, you know, I don't know if that counts into the inheritance thing or whatever, but I've been here the whole time. So <laughs> Evan and Brittany, <laughs> I, where, I don't know. They're probably not even watching. I'm just saying, I'm just saying. Um, so, but yeah, I'm, my wife and I are the youth and worship pastors. We love it. We love our students. A lot of the peeps are sitting right here in the front because I told them to, and I gave them 10 bucks each. And uh, I'm just kidding. I did not do that. Um, they wish. Um, but I love this church. I've got too many friends to count, so thank you all for being here. i got some friends who drove down from L.A. just to be here uh, for me, so that's cool. And, uh, yeah, you guys are way too much. You guys are awesome. So, I'm going to preach a little different than my dad. <laughs> I, he, he asked me, he said, Brett, send me your slides. And so I sent him two. That's all I got. The title in the scripture, and that's it. I said, Dad, don't worry. Two slides doesn't mean I didn't prepare. It just means I got a lot to say, okay? Um, so if you're taking notes, if you're one of, the one, one of the peeps who like to take notes, here's the title of my message today. Doubting Thomas... The one who seeks yada. And yada is Y-A-D-A. It's a Hebrew word. You're like, why are you speaking in Hebrew? You'll find out in a bit. But Downing Thomas, the one who seeks yada. Have any of you ever been like labeled as something just because it happened one time? And then everybody remembers you as this thing for the rest of your life. Okay, so I got a story. So when I was a kid, I don't think I... I was scared of dogs. I was just scared of a certain type of dog, okay? Like, I, if there was a big dog and it was nice, I was cool. Like, I was playing with the dog. But our, our friends, uh, the Andersons, they live on this big 10-acre farm. And the first dog they had was this big black lab. This dog was crazy. They had it, like, locked outside because it was just wild. It chased my brother through the apple orchard, bit him in the, in the rear end, you know. And, and so it scarred me, you know. I was like, man, this, these dogs are crazy. So they got rid of that dog. And they got another dog, which was this vicious dog. His name was Mocha. And, yeah, he was crazy. Uh, it was a Pomeranian uh, Chihuahua mix that, listen, this dog was out to get me, okay? And so I wasn't afraid of dogs. But one time, I was riding my little bike, right, and, and Mocha had something against me. There was a vendetta. I don't know what it was. But Mocha's chasing me through the yard. And I just remember, my brother got bit by the other dog. Like, I'm not trying to, I'm not trying to die here. Look, like, I know everyone's like, the dog's way littler than you are. I was like, look, I'm like five. 
and the size difference isn't as big as you think it is. Okay, so this dog, this vicious chihuahua thing, look, it looked like a little like stuffed animal, you know, running through the and, and I'm freaking out and I ditch the bike and I and I and I fall on the ground. And I start crying. No, please! And the dog runs up to me and all like all vicious little dogs do. It didn't even do anything. Like ran up to me, it's barking, and then it runs away. But still to this day, every time I go over there, my friend Kyle, if he's there, he has to remind me of the one time that I was riding my bike, freaking out because of Mocha, and Mocha's a little dog. And he's like, are you still scared of dogs, Brett? No, I'm not scared of dogs. I have a dog. But for whatever reason, I was five years old. Like, who wouldn't run away from that dog? But for some reason, I'm the scaredy cat for the rest of my life because of this little dog, right? And so we got, we got Peter the Rock. I don't know that Peter really deserves that name. Like, Peter was, he, he, like, at some point, sure, but for the most part, Peter was not the best, you know? Like, he was constantly, he, he denied Jesus three times, and we just skip over that. We could have said Peter the denier, but he's Peter the rock, right? And then we have John the beloved, right? Self-proclaimed, by the way. Because it happens in the book of John. He wrote it, right? John the Beloved. Like, oh, nice. You slipped that in there. Right? But then we've got Thomas the Doubter. And I don't think it's fair. I don't. So my whole message is going to be proving to you why I don't think it's fair. And maybe it's because my middle name's Thomas and Vince's middle name is Thomas too. But I'm trying to put some respect on the name Thomas, Right? Thomas, the doubter. And for us, even when I was a kid, like, and they're like, oh, these are the disciples, and this is doubting Thomas. Like, doubting Thomas was, like, barely a step up from Judas, the betrayer. Like, it was like doubting Thomas. Don't be like Thomas. But as I'm reading about Thomas, I kind of want to be like Thomas. And I'll tell you why. First, let's talk about why we call him that. So if you have your Bibles, open them to John chapter 20, verse 24 through 29. We're going to read this together. It should be on the screen if you don't have your Bibles. Um, But it's good. So to kind of put in perspective while you're turning there, John chapter 20. This is after Jesus um, died on the cross for all of our sins, right? He was in the grave three days, rose again. Right, And people see him, they're proclaiming him, and then he goes and visits the disciples. He visits all the disciples except for Thomas. Well, and, and Judas, but, you know, we don't need to go there. Um, all the disciples but Thomas. And so the disciples go up to Thomas, and they say, Thomas, right, guess what happened? And this is where we're at, okay? So, but Thomas, one of the twelve, we're in verse 24. Thomas, one of the twelve, called Didymus was not with them when Jesus came. So the other disciples were saying to him, we have seen the Lord. But he said to them, unless I see in his hands the imprint of the nails and put my finger into the place of the nails and put my hand into his side, I will not believe. After eight days, so this wasn't immediately, eight days later, his disciples were again inside and Thomas was with them and Jesus came, the doors having been shut and stood there in the midst and he said, peace be with you. Then he said to Thomas, reach here with your finger and see my hands. And reach here, your hand, and put it into my side. 
and do not be unbelieving, but believing. Thomas answered and said to him, My Lord, my God. Jesus said, Because you have seen me, have you believed? Blessed are they who did not see and yet believed. So this whole story, I think, gets summarized in our minds by that last line. Jesus saying, Blessed are those who believed without seeing. And we think, Man, Thomas, you really messed up. (laughs) But how would you have reacted? I was thinking about this myself. And the reason we're doing this whole series is because the goal is Jesus. All of us want to live like Jesus, right? I want to be more like Jesus every day. But more often than not, we see ourselves in the disciples. We see ourselves saying, Jesus, I'll never forsake you, and then denying him three times. We see ourselves trusting in in, in Jesus and stepping out into the water and then freaking out when he's called us unto something. We see ourselves, like Thomas, being like, man, I'll believe it when I see it. But here's the thing. Thomas sold out for Jesus. Just like all the other disciples. He gave up everything. Even Judas gave up everything. When Jesus said, come and follow me, he said, all right. And he left his job. He left his family. He left everything he had. And he said, I'll follow you. And so if I was Thomas and I did that, and my Savior, my, my, my rabbi, my, my master died on a cross. And then someone's like, he's back. I'd be like, man, don't play with me. <laughs> I'll believe it when I see it. So I relate. I relate to Thomas. Now Jesus teaches him a lesson and all of us a lesson about belief. Right? Blessed are those who believe without seeing. Now, here's the thing, I think. I don't think Thomas doubted who Jesus was in his life, right? I just think he doubted that it was Jesus that came back. He said, I need to see it. I need to see that it's Jesus, because I know Jesus. He doubted that Jesus was there. And then so this kind of points to another idea that Jesus talks about many times in, in, in the Gospels, where Jesus says, in, in one way or another, he asks the disciples over and over and over again if they know who he is, right? Do you know who I am? Or he's, he says, do you, do you know, uh, or who do you say that I am, right? In Matthew 16, he says this to Peter, who do you say that I, that I am? And it's famous, and Peter says, you are the Christ, the Son of the living God. And he says, upon this rock, I'll build my church, right? So this is a question that Jesus has. Belief and knowing, right? But Thomas was already, already zealous for Christ. It's not like he wasn't down to do this thing, right? In John eleven sixteen, this is an important thing to remember. In John eleven sixteen, it's 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 when Lazarus, he get, Jesus gets message that Lazarus is going to die, and Jesus waits a couple days to go. But Thomas speaks up, and Thomas says to the other disciples, "Let's go with him, so that we may die with him." And you're like, well, that's pretty intense. But it had, getting pretty, it had gotten pretty tense where everywhere that Jesus went, there was people trying to kill him. <laughs> because he was doing what, what the Pharisees and what, and what the religious leaders didn't want him to do. But Thomas was the one who spoke up and said, let's go with him so we may die with him. So Thomas was literally willing to die with Jesus. Something I thought about was that made maybe the crucifixion so hard for Thomas was that Thomas was willing to die with Jesus but he probably wasn't willing to live without him. And that, that's why this was so hard for him. It's like, 
Jesus, I'll die for you. But then when Jesus died and left him, he's like, now I'm alone. What am I supposed to do? And then his friends all come to him. Jesus is back. And he's like, no, dude, I, I saw him die. I'll believe it when I see it. And in John 14, 5 through 6, Jesus says that he's going to go away and, and that they'll know where he goes. And Thomas replies, we don't know where you're going. How will we know the way? And Jesus responds with one of the most famous lines in the Bible. He, he responds to Thomas. I'm the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but through me. And so we make fun of Thomas for his doubting, but he's finding out some stuff that the other disciples weren't willing to ask for. Maybe Thomas was just a truth seeker. Maybe Thomas just wanted to know, right? But we call him a doubter because we mock his unbelief. But he might have even been more passionate than Peter. We think of Peter as the passionate one. But Peter didn't speak up in that moment and say, let's go with him so we could die with him, right? We think of Peter as that one. But maybe it was Thomas. Maybe Thomas just needed some affirmation of the truth, right? So Jesus calls us to believe, like in John 3.16, right? The famous verse that we all know. Whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. But then he continually asks the disciples if they know him. So I believe, and here's the whole point of my message today. I believe it doesn't stop at belief. I believe we have to get to knowledge. And I'll explain why. A lot of times we think it's enough to believe. In, 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 today's, um, in today's society, in today's kind of Western culture, belief and knowledge are viewed in a, in a different way than they were in kind of the Old Testament times. So belief for us today is kind of this like mystical kind of like it's who we are, right? My belief system, what I believe in is who I am. And then knowledge is just cold hard facts. That's how we think today. I believe in this. I believe in that. And so what I believe makes me who I am. But what I know is just, you know, I know that this keyboard is red. But I don't, I don't believe in the keyboard or anything. So we have this kind of different view. In, in, in Old Testament times, which is informing kind of the New Testament because it was the culture of the, of the people, in Old Testament Hebrew, it was different. It was opposite. Belief was based on theory, right? And knowledge was based on experience and intimacy. And so the, word, the Hebrew word for knowledge is this word yadah. And so if you remember what the title of the message is, Downing Thomas, the one who seeks Yadah. And Yadah is a different word. It's, it means to know, but it's different than what we think. I'll give an example. So uh, Adam and Eve, right? Uh, God creates Eve, um, and they are husband and wife, and then they know each other. And, and this is in like a romantic intimacy type Everybody catch what I'm saying? <laughs> Without going there, you know what I mean? <laughs> so, so the word used there is yada. They knew each other. Adam knew Eve. It's, it's deeply intimate. 
it's not just that I know <laughs> that this is red, right? It, it's, it's this deep, intimate, and, and experiential knowledge that I, that I want to know God. So let me, let me give a couple other examples. Some of you might today go and watch some football. <laughs> and you might watch the screen and some dude's going to get hit really hard. And you'll be like, man, that, I, I believe that hurts really bad. But I can tell you from experience, it does. It hurts very bad. I went back and played after four or five years of not playing. I put the pads back on. Don't know why, but I did uh, back in 2018. And this guy who played... Uh, linebacker for the University of Houston, Ralph Harvey Jr., came unblocked right up the middle and hit me so hard, I, I, thought, I, was, I thought I was done. <laughs> I couldn't breathe. I couldn't feel my ribs. I couldn't feel nothing. And so everything I saw on TV and I believed to be was true for me because I experienced it. So now when I see those hits on TV, I know <laughs> that they hurt and they hurt bad. And it's a different knowledge than someone who didn't play the game. Just as with anything that we might do, right? My friend Mark plays a saxophone. And when I watch people play a saxophone, I'm like, man, that, that looks really hard. Mark's probably like, it is. <laughs> you should try it, right? But here's the thing, another example. Everyone in this room believes that if you turn a stove on, it'll be hot. Everybody in this room does, right? Raise your hand if you believe. If you turn the stove on, it'll be hot. But only the kid who dares to touch it really knows. Right? We all believe that the stove is hot. And, band, you guys can come back up. I'm wrapping up. <laughs> this is quick. Here we go. We all believe the stove is hot, right? But only the kid who's crazy enough to touch it really knows. Everybody in the room believed that it was Jesus. But only the one crazy enough to touch his scars really knew. So when I look at Thomas, I don't know that I want to make fun of him for doubting because he's the only one that really knew. And he knew at a different level than everybody else. He, he, he was seeking yada. He's like, I don't want to just believe in Jesus. I don't want to just believe because my friends told me that I want to believe. I want to believe because I touched his scars and I knew it was him. And maybe that means I touched the hot stove and I get burned, but I know for sure that, it, that it's hot. So Thomas is saying, hey, you know, maybe I get, I get made fun of because I'm doubting. Maybe I, maybe I'll, but I touched Jesus and I know it's him. And what's the result of that? Thomas went further than any other disciple. When Jesus said in Matthew 28, go and make disciples. And at the end, what Thomas needed, Jesus said, I'll be with you even to the end of the ages. And so you know what Thomas did? He went. He went to India is what is, is strongly believed. And maybe even China, further than any other disciple. And he did what he said he would do, and he died for Jesus. He just wanted to know him. 
what happens after Thomas touches his side and touches his scars? Thomas is the one who gives the most clear description of Jesus' deity. He says, my Lord, my God. My Lord, my God. Not just my Lord, my master, not just... It's the most clear description of Jesus for many of the disciples of his deity. Thomas says, it's it's my Lord and my God. So at the end, when Jesus says, go, he says, I'll go. Because I know it's you. And you told me you'd be with me. And Jesus, just like I said before, I'm willing to die for you. But I'm not willing to live without you. And Jesus says, you don't have to. Right? You can live with me and go. And so, folks, here's the point of the message. In the presence of doubt, uncertainty, disbelief, unbelief, whatever you want to say, we have a choice to make. And we all doubt. I'm a pastor on Sabbath. I doubt sometimes. I'm like, man, I, I don't know. <laughs> right? Someone's like, Brett, my, my leg hasn't been right for 10 years. Can you pray for it? And I'm like, you think, what am I going to do? Sometimes I doubt. But in the, when we face doubt, like Thomas did, when we face doubt, we have a decision to make to either run away and try and confirm our doubts, or we can run to Jesus. We could run, we could seek Yada, we could seek deeper knowledge. God, show me who you are. Right? This happens so many times in the Bible. Moses says, Show me your glory, and God says, Okay, I will. And Peter says, if it's you, call me out into the waters. And Jesus says, come. And then Thomas says, if, if, I'll believe when I get to touch your scars. And Jesus says, okay. And so sometimes for us, we just don't ask enough of Jesus. We're like, I don't, I don't feel Jesus. I don't know if he's real. I'm doubting. And maybe we should just sit in our room sometimes, like the Bible says, to, to close the doors and get away from everything else. And maybe we just need to say, God, would you show me your glory? God, would you let me experience you in this moment? God, would you touch me? Would, would, you, would you help me to understand? God, I want to yada you. I want to know you. I don't want to know you just because my friend said you're real. I want to know you because I know you're real. Maybe Thomas was just trying to seek the truth. Because earlier on, Jesus told him that the truth would set him free. Maybe he's just remembering what Jesus said. This guy, I got to know. The doubter was simply just seeking Yadah, and he found it. So let that be our prayer as a church. That I want to know Jesus, not because my grandma told me about him, not because my friend told me about him, not because my mom knows him, but because I know him, because I know Jesus. And you know what the response might be? Instead of saying, oh yeah, Jesus is Lord, Jesus is God, no, Jesus is my Lord, and Jesus is my God. So would you stand up with me? We're gonna we're gonna worship together. And if and if you 
would be so bold. Some of us are on that, some of us are on that boat, man. And I've been there. There's this time in college where I was in Bible school and I was like, man, I don't even know if this is what it is. But I've had moments with God since where it's like, I feel like I touched his scars. I feel like I know him. I know him. And some of you in this room, and you, we go through different phases, but if you'd be so bold and you're saying like, Brett, I want to be like Thomas and I want to seek to know Jesus more. Would you just raise your hand? Would you raise your hand? And every eye open because we, I, I want to know Jesus more. Right? I want to know him deeply. I want to know Jesus for myself. I want to know Jesus when, when the storm comes. Right? The disciples are freaking out. Jesus, don't you care? I want to be so strong in my peace that it's like, Jesus, if this boat goes down and you're in it, I don't care. Like, me and you together, Jesus, I'm, I'm down. Jesus, you tell me to go. I want to be like Thomas. Jesus, I will die for you, but I can't live without you. Right? And so we got to get fired up as a church. It's not enough to just come on Sunday mornings and every once in a while for you to come on Wednesday night. It's not enough to just say I'm a Christian and check that off my box. It's not enough to say that I'm a good person because I go to church. I want to say that I know Jesus. I know the Savior. I know his name and he knows mine. And I encounter him every day and I know and I felt his scars. And so it's not just that my friend said that he's good. I know that he's good. I know that he's the king of kings and the lord of lords and so when I call upon his name he answers me and so I'll go I'll go wherever he wants me to go I'll die for him but I can't live without him Jesus for everybody that lifted their hands we pray God that you would answer their prayer that we would know you more that we would know you closer and deeper God Help us to learn from Thomas, God, that we, help us to have more faith, help us to believe, but God, we want to know you. We want to experience you. And even in this time of worship at the end, right now, God, we want to feel your presence, God, all on our own. We want to experience you on our own. So Jesus, we lift you up in your mighty name. Amen. Thanks for listening to the South Coast Christian Podcast. We appreciate those who give on a regular basis to South Coast because through your giving, we are able to provide these resources. For more information about South Coast, including service times and ways to give, please visit southcoastchristian.com. And if you haven't already, please subscribe to this podcast. Thanks again, and may this week be filled with new opportunities where you can receive and share God's love.